Okay. So what what is the issue that we're starting with that we're going to be sort of round? Well, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that right now. Okay. 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 So. Wing It Podcast, GooseDigital.com, episode 75. Who do we have? Robin Kroll. Chris O'Neill. Jen Pugsley. Michael Turksani. Um, not actually episode 75, but, but, but we're doing a new format. So that's why we just threw, threw the number out there today. Um, we're going with more of a conversation approach, which... I personally like you know, listening to a lot of the podcasts that, that, um, that I follow. They're, they're really more discussions than they are organized um, presentations almost, which, which tend to be, I think, our, our podcasts kind of fall into that category. Now, our, our podcasts are not typically planned, <laughs> to, say, to say the least. That's the whole uh mantra That's behind, behind wing it but they they're re- they're reasonably structured i guess is how we've been doing them so this is going to be one where it's not only is it unplanned it's unstructured right so we're going to see how this how this goes um rob robin is very cautious right now she doesn't like yeah. unplanned or unstructured <laughs> i'm, I'm no. ready i'm ready to go with the flow i'm good all oh, right okay. yeah. yeah so we wanted you guys wanted to talk about well why don't you guys to say it you, you want to we want to we want to talk about digital thought leadership okay and digital thought leadership or thought leadership f- distributed through digital mediums yes yes uh, okay Yes, the latter. Okay. That's what we want to talk about. And we want to talk about how necessary is it? We want to we want to align it to the insurance industry. So we want to talk about price because we know that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. But we want to talk about some trends that we're seeing our brokers take mm-hmm. with this digital thought leadership and some of the things that we're seeing successful from a lead gen front mm-hmm. that you know were kind of different than a year and a half ago. And that's yeah. And I think maybe the, the yeah the the sort of the the flip side or the other side of that is talking about it from the lens of in um in an industry where a lot of people view the products as being a commodity, so it's really mm-hmm. really the same. How does the end consumer figure out you know which brand? that they're interested in, which brand they want to align themselves with. What are what are some of the, the factors that they consider when they choose to work with, uh, with, with a broker or with a particular insurance company? And I think that that's part of it. So if, if the, bigger, the bigger question is, you know, how do they make that decision? Then, you know, the, the thought leadership and how that is actually uh, shared through digital, that is one of the factors that they can use to, to make their decision. So I don't know if that's another lens or it's, a, it's sort of a mm, side part of, of it. that. Part of it. But most of it, it comes down to what's gonna actually like 
you know, drive more revenue. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, when we, we sort of see the trends that have been taking place and that are evident in sort of retail and sort of, uh, you know, the consumer marketplace, and we see how that has slowly been sort of dribbling over to, to, to B2B. And, you know, we, we, we certainly get a view of what could be happening in B2B by the way that consumers are are sort of leading um, and we see how um, new um, uh, you know where, where purchases are now you know largely sort of evaluated online they are evaluated um, through you know that the content that is being published and where insurance maybe hasn't been sort of first to the to the uh, post when it comes to sort of that digital uh, play, we are now seeing more and more how the consumer is is basically dictating, hey, um, you know, we'll pay a little bit more or even substantially more for an organization that basically matches up with my, you know, values, my, my, sure. my lifestyle, whatever the case may be. And so I think more and more you're going to see, um, you know, the investments being made in that digital story being told online so that the consumer that's targeted is actually going to be able to be fully acquainted with a, a, an organization's culture and an organization's um, uh, values uh, through that uh, through the digital channel. Right. <clears throat> yeah, so I think that revenue uh, comment, Chris, is so spot on because that's really what it comes down to, right? It's, it's driving more business, it's driving profitability. Um, and that's why when we're talking about the, you know, digital, where there is that ability to connect what you're doing from the marketing side through that revenue attribution and understand what, what's working. And in certain industries, when you uh, sort of think, you know, we mentioned retail as an example, you know, there are brands that are out there that people just know about. Uh, because they're such big brands and they've been around for so long and that, that they do have a, they have a persona, they have a profile, they have a cause, they have a me meaning. Mm. But when you talk about certain indus other industries, th whatever that persona is, it's not going to be as well known by the end consumer. So right. they wouldn't necessarily have that automatic uh, affiliation with them. So how, mm -hmm. how do you build that? How do you, uh, how do you really, uh, showcase and share and demonstrate this is who we are as a company. Um, this is what we stand for. Um, this is the value that we can uh, deliver to you as a consumer. I, I think the, you know, that first piece is why to do it to begin with, right? Like why mm -hmm. go down this road of um, adding additional information or value proposition around the edges of of uh of a broker's value prop you know digital gives you i think the ability to do that more at scale so you can you know get out to more people than just doing it one-on-one -on -one with a with a producer or, or like an individual right you can go out with a with a one-to-many style of communication and and have a con many different ways to get uh, messages out um, in, a, in a consistency that you just can't do with one-on-one -on -one level of contact. But it's like, why, why do that? And I think that's a big question mark for a lot of brokers in particular. You know, why am I going to invest this money in, 
you know, establishing a content strategy, establishing, you know, our reasons why to your point, Chris. And if we do that, you know, how far down that road do we go? And, you know, when do we know if it's actually making any kind of difference in, in mm -hmm. the business, you know, writing new business or retaining business? I think that's pretty difficult, you know, for it's a pr pretty big pill to swallow because it's not going to be inexpensive, you know, no. to layer in a cohesive level of strategy. You know, I'm not saying it's going to cost, you know, millions of dollars, but, you know, to have something that's cohesive that actually adds some level of value to your business and, you know, doesn't embarrass you, it's, it's going to be, you know, a headcount plus type of an investment, you know, on an ongoing basis. So that's, that's, that's a tough, that's a tough one for, for some, for some brokers, you know, to, to swallow. And I think those that have taken maybe the first stab, you know, how long do they give it where they say, you know what, like this online marketing and this digital presence stuff was cool. We tried it for two years, but do we have the wherewithal to continue that through a longer time horizon, five, six, seven, 10 years to really and truly be, you know, I guess more digital first from a, from a communication strategy. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I think, I don't know why we see it though, as, you know, maybe you could lump it into the same industry as like real estate, for example, but I don't know why it would be that different. Like it, it digital is, it's, it's a new world. It's a new well, if you brought, if you brought it brought it right down if you want brought it right down to commodity, I think it would be, you know, Chris, are you going to go to a different gas station because you really like so and so that happens to be at the counter? First of all, you no. probably don't even go into the counter, but but let's just pretend you were still going into the store to pay for your gas. Would right. you? Oh, you know what? I got to circle around and do a U-turn and get to the other side of the street just because Mary's at the counter and I really like her. And I know it's her business, but like at some right. point you're like, it's gas and I need sure. to put gas in my vehicle. I don't think insurance is gas, but I'm saying, I'm saying, no, but I, but I, I get that. But I'm just saying, I think that that's the, you said the average consumer may believe that it's very commoditized, right? They don't right. know what they're buying. They don't. So they might think it's just gas. Oh, I have to have it on my on my house. Who cares where I get it from? So I think to answer the question as to why, maybe this is what you're, where you're going to go, is I think the reason to do it, there's a revenue piece that you brought up, Chris, but I think they're part of the reason to do it is to really underline, well, both the broker value proposition, but also like, what is insurance? Why, you know, the types of things that you should have and communicate, basically be part of that communication process. The, if you thought of a car dealership, that's probably, and I hate to do that to certain insurance brokers. Cause I think it's like, almost like sad, but like, you know, Ford, for example, does a great job marketing their products you know exactly what's going on with what you're buying between X and Y. You happen to go into a dealership, which is the broker equivalent in your area to buy said product that you want. And I think that you probably would buy your vehicle from someone that was more knowledgeable and helped you understand. But how often do you really see you know, the broker or the, uh, the dealer in your area creating content? Well, they... I don't know that they need to because the, the, the brands are doing such a good job pushing 
the value of their product, but you don't have that in insurance. Which I mean, is you, don't, you don't you don't see RSA or you know RSA has gone entire any of these people coming up with strong reasons why right to buy their product and pushing that down to the end consumer. You don't. I do. There's a huge disconnect. That's it's a good point. I mean, if we're sitting here saying that the local Ford dealership doesn't have to. It isn't sitting around creating this local presence of Oakville, come to my dealership. I, I, I mean, I don't know enough about the industry. I do know somebody that does that maybe needs to join our podcast and he would love to. Um, and he also knows the insurance business, so he might be able to add value here. But I don't know enough about that. But you're right in the sense that Ford is doing their thing. And there, there's more, maybe more cohesive, like a more um, unified approach to to that. When you walk in, you know you're buying a Ford, and there's all these other places where you can get the information directly from Ford, right? Um, I don't know. How, how was your experience? Chris, I feel like Chris you? is trying to jump in here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think it, it's, uh, I, I, I like this, uh, I like Mike bringing up this specific thing about um about a, a big brand like Ford and how, you know, there is that sort of broker equivalent at the, at the dealership. And I, and I feel like where it is that we're seeing uh, things change in retail, where, um, where the transparency is right on the digital message. And it's sort of through and through that digital message that a, a client is being educated about what the, the the sort of the underlying value of this product or this 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 company is, um, I think the the very equivalent and the, the question about whether we should do it or whether we shouldn't do it as a, a broker, as a car dealer, as whatever, the answer is yes, you do need to do it because that is where the money is going. The money yeah. is going. The, the, the additional premium is being paid to organizations that are delivering that digital message to their visitors. And if the consistency between the digital visitor, I mean, that is the, the digital message and the message you get at the brokerage, at the car dealer or whatever, if that's unified, then you're going to get quicker closes, higher value closes, higher profitability. Everyone's going to be happy right through to Ford or um, intact or whoever it is. So like, I think that, that, you know, the, the, it, it, it is clear now, how long of a game is it? So to Mike's point of you know, how long do you kind of invest and what do you invest in order to get that message out there? Um, you know, that I know is, is kind of like, you know, not everybody has an unlimited sort of like bank account to kind of, you know, Right. Um, refine that digital message for everyone. But I'll say this, it's not the whole world. So if you're a broker or you're a car dealer, pick your audience, mm -hmm. message that audience. That's the mm -hmm. one that you need to message. And that's, I think, the thing that sometimes gets lost. It's like, you don't have to sell everybody, but you have to decide who you're going to sell. And you have to go after that with that, that message that's going to resonate. And that's where marketing is the is the is the payoff like that's where you've got to invest in that marketing message digitally on the floor uh, you know all the way around to make it really really super clear if you are going after that millennial audience um, then you have got to understand that they are going to pick up that message digitally if they don't get your message digitally you're not going to get them
So Chris, I'm going to go back to one of your one of the points you made about, um, and I think I, I think I understood this properly. Talking about you know that experience that you have in that face-to-face -face and replicating that digitally. So absolutely, yes. you need to know who the audience is. But if you think of it sort of drawing on that line and we take it back to the broker. So when a, when a broker has a conversation uh, with, a, with a prospect or with an existing uh, customer and they have that conversation where they can ask a specific question, oh, you just renovated your basement. Well, this is some advice. You know, did you know that, uh, you know, we might have to add additional coverage because of this. Did you take photos so that the unseen renovations, we actually have proof that there's coverage. Mm -hmm. So how do you take that? Because that is such a valuable conversation. Right. Right? So if you had, you're able to communicate yeah. that, that, that is totally worth it. So taking that and communicating that uh, digitally and that, that, that is, there's so much value in doing that. It's not, it's not, it's not like you're flipping a switch and saying, yeah, I'll just take that conversation and put that personal face and get it out in digital. But there are ways to do that. And I think, you know, when Jen and I were talking about this, this is sort of a little bit of the premise of, of the starting point of this is how do we take that, that personal, that advice, that value, and we, we showcase that in digital because that is a differentiator. That is something that people are saying, you know what, that's worth my extra time, potentially worth paying a premium for because there's value in that. And that also adds that differentiator between broker A and broker B because one of them is actually saying, I'm going to help you and give this advice to you. And the other one is not. And that goes back to what Chris is saying. It doesn't have to be everybody. That's obvious. There is, there are products and there are a need for those products that are commoditized, but there's also a whole slew of other products that isn't so cookie cutter and needs that advice and attention um, that is usually given by the front line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it, you know, it's interesting that you say, where the you know the sales going to come from chris and 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 i agree that there's a certain type of shopper and probably more and more of them that are going to experience your ads more likely to experience your ads digitally than they are on a radio on a mm -hmm. flyer on a uh what a billboard, a bus. Uh, yeah, you know, it's exactly that's what I was thinking. Some of the more traditional mediums that that they might that they that they may have seen it in the past, obviously a lot cheaper to throw a digital ad, especially when you're narrowing that audience to your point. And they're now so now it's about what does the ad say and all that, all that angle. I think more is to be done there because I mean we don't I don't think on this podcast we've got, you know extensive knowledge of the attrition rates of various brokers books and the growth rates and certain age ranges, but, but they would certainly know, you know, in terms of the, the business that they're writing and the business that they're, that they're losing. But we did grab this retail study that was done ahead of this podcast to sort of see what's going on in the retail space, because this one study talked about, uh, was done by IBM and NRF of close to 20,000 shoppers. And it suggested that people will pay a premium, consumers will pay a premium when uh, brands are, are 
are more aligned with their shoppers purposes, whether that, you know, and that comes through content. So that could be, you know, eco-driven purposes or, you know, other types of, of, of purpose-driven approaches to shopping that they proved out that, you know, upwards right. of 35% premiums can be paid. And, and I agree with that. Like, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, people's wallets vote, as we said earlier, you know, the, because all sounds good, but if they end up just taking the cheapest policy, then, then it's not actually working. But I think that brokers would agree as well that when they get a customer that is aligned and they're able to um, spend some time with them to talk about those additional coverages and why they're important and what they need uh, um, for their, for their individual situation, that you write more business and, and right. they're fine to, they're, you know, customers are, are usually happy to pay uh, for that type of thing. So I would say that that's probably that, you know, the next side of the conversation is once you, once you're in that mode is really measuring, you know, the impact of your marketing and, you know, your return on ad spend and um, your overall marketing investment and in relationship to the business that you're writing. And, and, I and guess, usually, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Mike, I was just gonna say, it's, it's not always like a, 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 a complete shift. So, you know, no. we're talking to some brokers right now, Jen knows, you know, we're, we're talking to a few brokers right now where they've got a, let's call it like a, a, a an older book. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they, they, they've been in business for um, 60 years. Uh, they have built a business on the things that were building business in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, which is, you know, really good, thoughtful service, community service, and all that kind of stuff. And now their book really leans more towards, um, you know, uh, retirement age, like it's, it's not all that, but it's largely that and then maybe they, they, they have a sprinkling of sort of uh, uh, younger, um, you know, younger clients, but they see more and more that the growth is really not there. Retention, sure. it's dropping off because, well, quite frankly, people are like checking out. Yeah, well, dying, yeah. downsizing and, and dying, right? So it's like you've got that sort of like, you know, drop in, in mm. overall growth because your, your messaging is really not been updated. So the idea to kind of tiptoe in, it's, it's not a bad idea to tiptoe into an area, pick a product, mm -hmm tiptoe into that area with, um, you know, with some messaging that is consistent with like, you know, you're, you're, you're targeting you're, you're, and that's, that's the way to do it. Target that sort of area that maybe is a little bit underserved. Can you figure out an area that's underserved? Yes, you can. You just need to have a, a an organization to partner with that can help identify what is being underserved. Then you can sort of develop sure. that messaging. You yeah. know, these days, getting a digital message, you know, sort of like the, the, the persona creation, uh, getting, a, getting some, some very, very attractive kind of visuals. This is not like a really expensive thing to do. Is there expense involved? For sure. But it's like once you've got that identified sort of area and you introduce that transparency, introduce the fact that you know what you're talking about this is where the new you know the new insurance mm -hmm. buyer new whatever buyer is going to be really engaged because mm -hmm. they're going to be looking for somebody that is giving me the information that i need to make a good decision um, and that is something that can be fully created digitally um, and then you have that uh, you know 
that's the, I think the, the ability to kind of not have to transform everything all at once, but to explore, explore that sort of area to, uh, you know, uh, get it started. Yeah, it's a very strategic approach, right? Because you're figuring out uh, a need, right? As you said, underserved. Mm -hmm. um, and then you're really focusing on that very specific area and you're doing everything um, all the way down to your investing that you're making these strategic decisions. You're just not just wildly saying, well, I'm just going to spend on everything or I'm going to spend on mm -hmm. nothing. And you're, you're going to be more successful when you do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that was kind of the, the thrust of it. Uh, I mean, I think we all are consumers at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, I think the gas station example was, you know, not a good one. But I think when you really want to kind of commoditize something down to just putting gas in your vehicle, I guess you could, you, you know, some people might feel that insurance falls into that category. It's just gas in my vehicle. Um, and maybe well, there are situations where that's true, you know, but, but I, I think they'd be pretty few and far between situations where that's true, you know? Like, I think more so now, more so now too. I mean, we've even seen a shift with, with the brokers that we work with from a year and a half ago to how the content strategy right. has changed to more trust building content and sure, way more right. of it versus yeah, yeah. this simple, this fast, simple. Well, you would think of most right? of the content in this market, and it made me think about, you know, content generally and the types of content that we're involved with, but just how underserved the industry really is from a content perspective. We know, mm -hmm. you know, there's one major provider of content out of the U.S. that many, many of them subscribe to and all use the same content, albeit most of it's mm -hmm. U.S. oriented, and then they try to regurgitate it. Um, and then there's another one coming up through one of the other big BMS providers that also has some content that you can grab and use. And it's, it's, you're right. It's pretty sad. You know, it's when you authentic. really, when, no, it's not authentic. And um, yeah, I think some of it is probably okay. You know, certain right. types of technical content that, you know, you, you, you may not necessarily need to sort of reinvent the wheel on, but you're right. It's not authentic. And it's, it's but it goes to the sorry, Mike, it goes it goes to the shift that that has taken place even in the last five years I would say mm -hmm. it used to be yes. you needed enough content to get somebody to give you a call okay you sure. get the, the get the customer on the call and now the salesperson is going to be able to identify what the pain point is and you know close the deal like you know that mm -hmm. would be that five years ago that was the, now they're not looking to talk to a salesperson. Okay, they don't want to. They don't want to talk to sales. What they want to do is they want to pick up the information they need to, you know, to, to basically make a good decision. They want the information that they need to make the decision online. I'm not saying everybody, but I'm saying that's the direction. If, if people aren't already there, and this actually is not just insurance. I mean, I'm speaking generally, but sure. insurance is true. It's true that people are looking for, as Jen was saying before, Am I going to be caught? Yep. Am I going to be caught because this this content is basically letting me know that they've got me at like they 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 know nothing about me, but this is the rate that they have for me. They don't know what I have in my backyard. They don't know what I have in my front yard. They don't know what I have in my basement, but they're they're basically quoting me a rate. 
first of all, that's not helping me. So can I basically learn about what a, an organization is going to do for me if there's a problem? Is that something that I'm going to need to understand? What kind of information are they actually providing me to help me feel really comfortable about uh, making a move? Yeah. And, and that, that content we're talking, right? You know, the, the fact that they're sharing all this content, that content is going to be more at the, the coverage level. It, it can't possibly speak to what that particular broker delivers from a service. Uh, perspective, right? That can right. come no, from the broker's voice, point. and yeah. that's what the differentiator is. Yeah. And it could be, it could be the language, the tone. It could be um, something that indicates that they're local, because we know local is a really uh, big driver for making a connection. Um, so those are all those aspects that it, it can really only come from the brand voice. And yes, that does mean it's a little bit more work because we know that investing in your own content is. But that's where you're going. And to that's why some that. of them have different brands. That's why I think yeah, we're seeing yes. so many that have decided to either at a product level or at a demographic level spun out because to your point, Chris, earlier, they spun out a different brand to try to tackle this. Um, it's very difficult to be all things to all people, you know, to take mm-hmm. a 60 year old brokerage that, you know, grew probably largely, you know, over X number of years, and a lot of that growth probably came, you know, years ago, to now try to pivot all of those different demographics, all those different audiences and be relevant, you know, to every to to potentially each of them, right? So I'm not saying the right move is to grab a different brand. And and I think that you do need to make hard decisions on who you're going to go after. But there's there's an element to that, too, where to say, like, if you're trying to go after the millennial who's looking for, you know, condo and pet insurance and a bunch of these kind of lightweight products that are kind of easy to consume and, and potentially even purchase online. And, but you're also trying to go to, to a, a, you know, a, a multi-home family, yeah. that, a family that's got a cottage and, and three vehicles, yeah. you know, that's, that could be very hard to do. Right. Under one Especially brand. Under right? one brand. And right. we've seen that Robin, how many times where, that gets it's a totally different message it's totally different focus it requires an entirely different content strategy yeah Yeah. i mean how do you say in one conversation we take the time to sit down with you really understand your needs um at the same time but if you don't ever want to talk to us we can do this all (laughs) digitally you you can't say that in one message right you you can't be can't be all things to all people yeah 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 for sure hard hard stuff okay well um this is our this is a new style of podcast which i guess is a discussion kind of podcast i, guess. I really don't basically know basically talking about cheap cheap gas <laughs> we're talking about cheap gas <laughs> and i feel yeah. bad about that there's somebody's going to be like we're not a car dealership it's not on the same level you know no, what those car not- dealership guys they make a lot of money so <laughs> michael michael knows cuz he just bought a truck okay and that, oh, yeah, that was a performance right. So they make money. So I don't know what, that's not a bad thing. (laughs) Nothing wrong with gas, nothing wrong with, with, with vehicles. Well, gas was, that was low. That was a low blow. Gas was a low blow, right? Gas is a bit tough. Like my husband is basically gives me where I should fill up with gas. So maybe gas is not the commodity that everybody You're going to get a content strategy from your local gas station and that's going to sway you. I don't think so. (laughs) 
Okay. It's the car wash though. There's the there's the they throw in the car washes. Yeah, car washes. You might be you might be right about that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe if you have. Yeah. Maybe if you have like a slurpee. It's not a commodity. Go, There's something different at the car wash. And I think that's what we're saying. We're saying, you know, from insurance, insurance is, is not a commodity. But in order to make sure that the end consumer understands that, there has to be that that content and that value proposition. So it, insurance is not a gas station. Correct. No, unless you're selling popcorn at the at the <laughs> gas station. Popcorn or car wash. So yeah, I, I go I go to the okay. best car wash. That's the, it's the gas station attached to the best car wash. That's for me. So. All right. Well, okay. This is a good format. I really like it. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.